At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, this is Play Me A Recipe. I'm Harper Fendler, coming to you from my kitchen slash home bar in Portland, Maine. Today we'll be making a slow gin fizz, which is linked in the show notes and on food52.com. But we'll be gathering ingredients, tools, talking about preparation of those ingredients, and executing the drink all together. So feel free to pause or jump back using the podcast chapters if you need a little more time. So what is a slow gin fizz? When I'm behind the bar and the word fizz comes up, the first things that spring to people's mind are usually a Ramos gin fizz and a slow gin fizz. In both cases, people don't necessarily know everything that goes into them and they couldn't be at further ends of the spectrum of fizzes. With a Ramos gin fizz that came about in the late 1800s, uh, it's gin, it's lemon, it's lime, it's cream, it's egg white, it's shaken for minutes and minutes and minutes. Uh, the bar it was created at uh, used to employ people called shaker boys that would just shake the bejesus out of it until their arms were tired and then hand it to the next guy just to create this tall smokestack head when you add the soda in later on. The slow gin fizz is at the other end. It's slow gin, lemon, sugar, and soda. It's just about as simple as a fizz gets. And when you hear those ingredients, you might be thinking, well, that kind of sounds like a Tom Collins. You know, you have gin, you have lemon, you have a little bit of sugar, and you have soda. And you're right. A fizz and a Collins are pretty much the same thing. The only difference being volume. A Tom Collins is going to be a bigger drink, and it's going to be served on the rocks. A fizz is going to be served down, which means after you shake it and strain it, you're going to pour it into a tumbler or a short glass, and it's going to be served down, which means no rocks. Now let's talk about slow gin. Slow gin is a traditional English-style gin. There's nothing particularly special about the distillation process. Now what makes slow gin, slow gin is the slow or blackthorn berry. Distillers will take their gin, add a bunch of slow berries to it, let it sit for a few months, strain it off, add some sugar, and that's it. That's really the whole process of making slow gin. So if you want to do it yourself, you absolutely could if you're able to find slow berries. In fact, that's how slow gin got its start. Uh, first recorded notes of uh, slow gin come around the 1830s, right around there, 
where folks in the English countryside would be picking through blackthorn bushes. They'd collect the berries, shove it into a bottle of gin, and they'd wait. That would usually be end of summer, beginning of autumn, and so by the time they would strain it off, it'd be right around Christmas time. So this became a sort of holiday cordial or holiday drink that people would bring out. It is a lower ABV than typical gin. Normally, you're finding gin coming in around the 40% range. Slow gin sitting around 25%. So when we make a slow gin fizz, it is a low ABV cocktail. Your base spirit is starting at 25%, and that's all of the alcohol that you're adding. Plus, you're topping it with soda. So it's a really nice, light, and effervescent drink. All that said, what does slow gin actually taste like? Slowberries are often likened to plums and other stone fruits.、Uh, you'll get notes of plum, a little bit of tart cherry. I get a little bit of、uh, pomegranate as well. There's also a light nuttiness, and all of that pairs really well with the botanicals and juniper backbone of the gin. All right. So the ingredients we'll need today to make a slow gin fizz are a bottle of slow gin. I'm using Haymans of London slow gin. We're going to want three lemons. We're going to have half a cup of water, a cup of sugar, a bottle of club soda, and have an egg on hand, just in case we want to try a version with an egg white. It's not required. It's not necessary. But if you want to try it out later on, it's good to have it. In terms of equipment that we're going to be using today, nothing too complicated. We're going to want a shaker.、Uh, we're going to want a fine mesh strainer. And if your shaker is going to be two tins,、uh, we'll want a hawthorn strainer as well. If you're using a shaker that has a strainer attachment, that'll be fine. We'll be using a fine mesh strainer anyway. We're going to want a way to press our citrus, so I'm going to be using a hand press. If you have something else that you like to use as a juicer, you're more than welcome to use that. I'm going to have a jigger on hand.、I'm、going to be using a two ounce slash one ounce jigger. We're going to want a whisk, and we're going to need a way to bring water up to a boil. I'm going to be using a saucepan over a stove. If you have an electric kettle, that's fine, but we will want a temperature safe. Bowl or container to pour your boiling water into. Lastly, we need some glassware to serve our drink in. The important thing with a fizz is that we don't want to be using too large a glass. I'm going to be using a seven to eight ounce tumbler. We really don't want to use much larger a glass than that because we don't want to over dilute drink with club soda at the end. The club soda is really just there to add that little bit of effervescence to top off the drink. So the first thing we're going to do is stick our glassware into the freezer and put our club soda into the fridge. The reason behind this is we want everything to be cold that we're handling. Few things ruin a drink faster than pouring it into a warm glass, and it's the same thing with club soda. Since that'll be added after we shake the drink, we don't want to be adding room temperature soda. It's going to Off gas that much faster, and it's going to bring the temperature of the drink up. So we want to make sure that everything is cold. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and get our water up to temperature. So 
go ahead and get the kettle going or turn your stove on. We want to bring it up to a boil and then shut it right off. We don't want to over evaporate our water. And while that's going, you can go ahead and peel a couple of your lemons before juicing them. The reason is we're going to be using those peels as garnish and getting some citrus oil uh, to go on top of the drink once it's all finished. And it's a lot easier to peel your lemons when they're whole as opposed to trying to peel them after you've juiced them. Trust me, I've made that mistake before. So while the water is coming up to a boil and I'm peeling, I think now is a good time to talk about why we're doing the syrup that we are. You may have noticed that we're using twice as much sugar to water, either by weight or volume. And this is known as a rich syrup. So the reason we're doing a rich syrup is uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, dilution, and two, body. Dilution is a key step. You can almost call it an ingredient in virtually every cocktail. And that usually occurs uh, when you're shaking or stirring a drink. That said, when we're shaking and stirring, we're also trying to bring the temperature of the drink down. We're trying to cool it. So the longer we can shake a drink or stir a drink, the colder it's going to get. That said, the more diluted it's going to be. So we want to avoid as much inherent dilution in the build of the drink as we can. That way we have the luxury to take a little more time and get it as cold as we can. So by reducing the amount of water that we're using when making a syrup, it's just another little step that goes a long way towards making sure our drinks aren't over diluted. The other reason I mentioned earlier was body. It's called a rich, simple syrup. And the reason is it's richer. It's going to add that nice kind of velvety uh, mouth feel to a drink. And it just makes it that much nicer. Okay, so I've peeled the lemons. Water is still coming up to a boil. So I'm gonna go ahead and slice these and juice them. Good thing to do when you're juicing your lemons, make sure you strain it afterwards because we don't want pulp and seeds getting mixed in when we're making the drink. I know we're gonna end up straining the drink later, but all that's gonna stick to the inside of your tin and you might as well just strain it off now. Okay, my water is boiling. So I'm gonna pause on juicing my lemons and make this rich, simple syrup. Quick tip when doing this, add your sugar into the water. If we end up pouring the water over the sugar, there's no guarantee that the water is gonna penetrate all the way through the sugar to get to the very bottom. We're giving the sugar by pouring it into the water the best chance it has to completely dissolve into it. So if you're using an electric kettle or a water boiler, this is when you pour the water into uh, that temperature safe bowl and grab your whisk and we're going to whisk the sugar in until it is mostly dissolved. If there are a few granules of sugar undissolved at the bottom, that's fine. We got most of it. Now that the sugar is dissolved into the water, we're going to set our syrup aside and let it cool. Again, just like we said before, we don't wanna be adding hot things to our drinks. So we're gonna let that cool down and while it's cooling, Go ahead and finish juicing the rest of those lemons, strain them off, and we'll check back in in a little bit. All right, now that our syrup has cooled, we're gonna go ahead and gather our ingredients in preparation of making the drink. So let's grab our slow gin. We'll get our lemon juice, our rich, simple syrup, 
We'll grab the soda water out from the fridge and we'll go ahead and grab our glass out of the freezer as well. When we're making the drink, things are gonna be moving pretty quickly. So we'd rather just have that there and ready to go instead of going back and forth to the fridge and our bar setup. Speaking of our bar setup, let's grab our tools. We'll grab our shakers and we'll grab our strainers as well. Now let's talk about shaking technique. Oftentimes when we have a drink that we want to have a bit of a head on, we'll employ what's known as a dry shake or a traditional dry shake. That is you take all of your ingredients, shake them without ice first, then add ice, shake again, strain and serve. The reason behind this is you want to create an emulsion first, and then when you shake with ice, you incorporate the dilution and chilling. Most often you'll see this employed when there is an egg white in a drink. That way we know that the egg white and the proteins are completely emulsified in the drink, and then you can cool it down. So if you're doing the variation of this drink where you'll use an egg white, I recommend doing a traditional dry shake. Again, that is shaking without ice, then shaking with ice. For those of us who are going to do it without the egg white, we're going to employ what's known as a reverse dry shake. So that is, we're going to shake with ice and all of our ingredients, strain it off, dump the ice, and then shake again with the remaining contents. The reason we're using a reverse dry shake is because we don't have the protein of the egg white in the drink. So we want to whip up the sugars. That way when we add the soda, it'll carry those sugars up to the top and be a more present head on the drink. We'll use a traditional dry shake with the egg white because we want the egg white in the drink as opposed to sitting on top, which would happen if we were to do the reverse dry shake with an egg white. It would create a much more stable head, almost like a meringue, but we want that body in the drink, not just sitting on top. And now let's make the drink. I'm going to be explaining how to make the slow gin fizz without the egg white in this recording. If you want to make it with the egg white, remember, just employ the traditional dry shake. You'll add the egg white in with all the other ingredients. That's the only difference. Okay, now to build and make the slow gin fizz. We'll start with two and a half ounces of slow gin, one ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of rich simple syrup, add the ice and shake. Now when we're shaking this drink, I'm not going to give you a set amount of time that you should be shaking. Instead, I want you to feel the tin. I want you to feel the ice hitting the bottom of the tin and the ice hitting the top of the tin. That way we know the ice is breaking up, it's aerating and it's helping to dilute the drink. The other thing I want you to feel is the temperature of the tin. It might feel a little cool from the ice moving around, but I want it to feel cold to the point where you actually start to feel a little bit of frost building up on the outside of the tin. That's when you know it's cold enough and you've got the right dilution. Pop off the tin, strain, throw the ice out, put your tin back together and shake again. For this, we're just trying to whip up the sugars in the drink at this point. So 
just shake hard for maybe seven or eight seconds and then we'll be all set. Fine strain into your glass. Top with a little bit of soda, no more than two ounces or so. Express a lemon peel over top and you are all set. The Silogium Fizz should come out with a deep rosy hue with that nice crisp white head over the top and a good pop of yellow from the peel sitting right on the edge of the glass. How does yours look? How's it taste? Are you still getting those plum, cherry, pomegranate notes? Is the nuttiness coming through? Do you still taste the juniper? How's the citrus? Is it a little too much? Do you need a little more? Every slow gin is a little bit different. Maybe you need to bump up your sugar. Maybe you bring it down a little bit. Do you want a little more soda? A little less? The slow gin fizz is a great foundation to start playing around with drinks. It's a good template to build off of and play around with. Maybe you try splitting the gin. Maybe you add a little bit of Amari into it. Try messing around with the citrus. Use that egg white if you didn't this time. Play around, have fun. Cocktails are meant to be fun, they're meant to be entertaining, and if you're having fun with it, you're going to enjoy it that much more. I want to thank you all for following along and listening in. My name's Harper Fendler. You can find me on Instagram at Harper Fendler, and I'll see y'all in the next one. Cheers. Cheers.